if you're a regular viewer of Callaway Live, you might recognise a set. I'm not Harry Annette, I am Martin Hopley, but this is <laughs> Dr. Al, the hot dog. He's the head of R&D for Callaway, and we're here to talk about the new Callaway Rogue range. So, why have you decided to call this Rogue, and maybe not another variation of Epic? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, uh, two reasons, probably. One is that we sort of operate on two-year product cycles, at least. So, if there were to be another Epic product, it probably wouldn't be for another year from now. Uh, and the other was, you know, Rogue was a sort of internal cry to ourselves to say that, you know, Epic has done obviously very well in the driver, but there's more that we could do. And could we take the technology that we first introduced in Epic, most notably jailbreak technology, and could we explore how to take it further? Could we apply a little rogue thinking, if you like, to the, uh, the R&D process? And uh, funnily enough, um, quite often the names that are used in R&D for code names and, and buzzwords that go around end up making their way somehow into the product naming. And uh, this might be another example of that. So what is different about this jailbreak compared to the ones in the Epic driver? Yeah, so jailbreak in Epic was you know the first time that we'd managed to get that technology all the way through to sort of a product level through the production process, make it durable, make it have the ball speed advantages that it did. But uh, another year later, we've had 12 months more to really refine that. We've made jailbreak lighter, and we've made it work in greater synergy with the face design. So the face of Rogue, uh, different from Epic, has a brand new X face design, um, substantially thicker around the edges it's a lighter face than we've had before uh, and that works in, in greater synergy with jailbreak to work even harder to give us more ball speed than we had even with epic the epic driver had carbon in the crown but also in the sole as well but there's no carbon in the sole of this the rogue driver so why is that that's right so there's a different weight distribution in rogue versus uh, epic in particular epic had a, a sliding weight in a track at the back of the head and rogue instead uh, features a much more stretched out shape uh, with a, a single fixed weight at the back of the head so much more of an emphasis on weight going to the to the back of the head to produce large moi and large forgiveness and we, we figured out that when we stretch the shape out like that we had a decision to make carbon or not on the sole uh, and we wanted quite aggressive sole styling as well as uh, uh, having this sort of weight position idea and in the end it turned out that we didn't get that much of an advantage from having the carbon in the sole so we decided that we would take it out in this particular case and introduce this much more interesting uh, titanium appearance instead. The speed step crown which has been on the drivers before for the aerodynamics that's there again, but there's only sort of one line instead of two. So how's that been modified, and what are the advantages of that? Yeah, so you can definitely see uh, the idea of the, the speed step being there and being different. What, what is harder to see are the subtle changes in the head shape themselves. And we worked again with the team from Boeing to uh, influence the way that we shape the face and the transition to the crown. They paid a lot of attention to that leading edge radius in the same way that they pay a lot of attention to the leading edge of a wing, for example. And um, we modified the airflow primarily using the shape of the head and then the speed step doesn't need to do quite as big of a job because more of the airflow control comes from the actual shape of the body. I've had a go in these drivers and certainly at a dress look very different so the roads are a much bigger footprint. Yeah. Um, so that's more really to more, more forgiving really isn't it? That's so right. Was there any reason why that wasn't the original shape of, of Epic first time around? Yeah, some of it comes back to the, the mass properties distribution. So when we have a sliding weight and a track that the sliding weight goes in, a, a certain amount of the weight is contained in the ability to have that quite important form of adjustability. If you take that away, it gives us as designers more freedom to use that weight um, in other ways. And in Rogue, we decided to take that weight and stretch the dimensions of the head out, really emphasizing weight at the, at the back and the front of the head give us large MOI. Um, so we take what we had 
with Epic, which was great ball speed, we use the new jailbreak to enhance that ball speed, and we give you a much more forgiving driver that you had in Epic. And we think that uh, gives this driver a, a different stance than the Epic driver. The Sub-Zero version of the Rogue, so you've got the two versions, there's the standard, Sub-Zero is obviously a lower spin. Yeah. It probably looks a little bit bigger than the, old, the original Epic. Mm -hmm standard epic so is it more forgiving than that one it is it actually has quite similar moi numbers to the original epic driver so um, that's good and that we produced a really low spin characteristic driver with uh, large moi and a lot of that uh, influence came from tour players saying that they they weren't so enamored with the really big shapes but the um, the ones of the sort of shape and size of epic had great proportions for them so if we could produce low spin characteristics with high moi in that shape that was essentially the challenge that the tour gave to us and that gave rise to uh, the Rogue Sub-Zero. Some of the information we were going to launch saying that for some people Epic might still be, be better than Rogue. Right. Is that the case? You know, I think that could be the case. For those who really value a sort of high fidelity fitting where you can use the adjustable sliding weight to really dial in shot shape, I think there is definitely something for, for that type of person there. Uh, and there'll be a, a lot of people whose friends might have Epic and they just want the same one as them. Or And not all of our tour pros, uh, we expect, will completely convert to Rogue as well. Because sometimes you just get sort of a a driver that you're very comfortable with, and that's okay. Um, they're both extremely good drivers. Epic gives you a slightly different take on fitting than Rogue, where Rogue has less uh, fittable attributes, if you like, but it has much more forgiveness. You also sort of change the actual jailbreak rods themselves in the driver. The hourglass shapes, is that right? That's right. Can you yeah. explain why that is and what advantages that has? Yeah, that, that was part of the uh, idea of working on refinements to jailbreak over the, the year. Um, we looked at a great number of different um, jailbreak variants along the way, uh, starting out from what we had originally with Epic and then going um, through a number of different things and ended up back at two uh, vertical titanium bars, but uh, with more slender sections in the middle. It allowed us to take weight out of them while still retaining the sort of stiffness that we needed. So last time around there was no jailbreak in the fairway woods. Yes. But in the rogue fairway you've got them in there. So what's why have you been able to put it in this time and not last time? Yeah, it was one of the most popular questions uh, this year, so why was there no jailbreak in Epic? And the truth is that we hadn't figured out how to do it. You know, the fairway woods are, are different from the drivers. They're not just sort of scaled down drivers. Um, they already had face cup technology in them, which we think is one of the best ball speed generating technologies for a fairway wood. And, um, you know, the shape and size is very different. You've got a much shallower height relative to the width in a fairway wood. And uh, impact locations tend to be lower on the face if you're hitting off the fairway. Um, also, we already had a relatively stiff part of our fairway wood in the standing wave internally in the sole as it was. So um, you start from a different place than you do with the driver. So it's not just a cut and paste jailbreak technology from one to the other. Um, and it's stainless steel as well. So we had all these variables to contend with and the fairway woods went through a similar development and research journey um, to the drivers just sort of a year or so behind. Uh, we did end up figuring out though that two vertical bars is um, a viable solution for fairway woods and it does produce a lot of the same effect in terms of stiffening the head vertically and making the face deflect more during impact and giving you more ball speed. So we're really pleased to have that in our fairy woods for the first time. 
So all the challenges in putting the jailbreak into the fairway, did you have to change the face in any way? Yeah, the face cup had to um, have slightly shorter return flanges in order to accommodate the jailbreak position that we wanted in terms of its proximity to the back of the face. Obviously, casting in stainless steel represents a different problem than casting in titanium. Um, a lot of the stainless steel castings we use are gravity-fed, so it was hard to get the material to fill the bars without having issues such as porosity, which would create failures in durability. So a number of challenges that had to be overcome. Plus the um, the the inside of a ferrowood is, is a small, confined, and complicated shape. So being able to produce the tooling to create jailbreak where the bars are cast into the body was another uh, challenge different from the driver. You must have even more challenge to do with the high brakes. That's, That's really true. small and you put them in that as well. That's right. You take the, the problems of the firewood and you amplify them in the <laughs> hybrid. Um, but luckily, the a lot of the performance research that um, allowed us to develop the ferry would also apply to the hybrid so that part um, was a win but then it was even more challenging you've got increasing loft a smaller head uh, so um, all of those were even bigger production challenges for the hybrid yeah, well you did it. We managed to do it in the end. I think, you know, there's a lot of tenacity in the team. Uh, part of the problem was in understanding the performance and w would it work, but at least half of the problem is in the production and then the, the controls that are required in production in order to make, um, make sure that the parts, one after another after another, for thousands and thousands, all are up to the standards we want for COR and for durability. And, um, and I think, you know, there's a big effort that went into that and it's been successful. So what are the benefits for jailbreak in a hybrid? So is it still the same ball speed that you get in the other clubs? Yeah, we're looking to enhance ball speed. Um, anytime that we put jailbreak in there, that's its job. And um, it does produce uh, an effect that's similar to the driver. The, the driver has the largest jailbreak effect, I would say. Fairwood and hybrid's a little bit smaller, but it's directionally very similar. It has a uh, ball speed enhancing effect. and particularly for the fairway woods, when you've got more ball speed, we also wanted to explore how to convert that to distance. So we, we've changed the center of gravity position and it's allowed us to have a trajectory that launches higher with less spin and produces an overall flatter flight than it otherwise would. So it's still high, but flat flight, easy to launch, but a flat flight. And that converts ball speed into distance very efficiently. So you see pretty significant distance gains with the fairway woods and the hybrids. So why have you gone for that flatter flight? In truth, that, w that was the recipe that we felt that was becoming more popular, um, certainly with the elite players. Launching the ball really high isn't something that they're into. And for average players, as long as we can produce sufficient launch angle to give you air time, then people aren't so sensitive to the appearance of the trajectory. So if it goes further, which a flatter flight does, then everybody wins. Does it not have any issues with the descent angle? So that, that's part of the question is, you know, what is the descent angle? And um, what we've been able to show is that within a degree or two, um, there isn't really any real impact on the effect of the ball, whether you, you do want it to roll out if you're still on the fairway potentially, or if you don't want it to roll out because you're hitting the green. Um, we're still in the same range of descent angles and stopping power that we had before. You don't have any carbon in the crown of the hybrid, but you're doing the fairway and the yeah. driver. And you have carbon in the epic hybrid, <laughs> That's which right. is a head. <laughs> yes. So why What's going on? What's going on? Well, the... Um one of the things about the, the weight balance in the fairwoods and the hybrids to take notice of is that uh, vertical weight balance is a, is a big deal. And in these fairwoods and hybrids, they're not adjustable in the hosel, but in the EPIC models, they are. Uh, 
so that adjustable hosel is slightly heavier in steel than it would otherwise be. Um, so these hosels in Rogue are lighter than they would be in Epic. So in the case of the hybrid, we don't need to try quite so hard to get the center of gravity to go down because uh, we've already got a lighter hosel. In the fairway wood, we did put the carbon in there because we wanted uh, to really make a significant difference to the CG position, and that, that's what led to the change in the trajectory. Okay, well, we're going to keep down, going down the bag. Let's talk about the irons. Sure. Tell me what is the Swiss cheese effect? <laughs> so you're talking about our urethane with microspheres, yes. Um, you know, what we're trying to do is accomplish something that we haven't been able to before. Um, we're trying to go up in COR, so up in ball speed, and in order to do that you have to make the face more flexible. Um, when you make the face more flexible, the impact creates vibration in the face and in the rest of the body of the iron, such that when the ball is left, you hear a sound that is too loud, too long a duration, and probably too high pitch. Um, it doesn't f essentially feel all that good, and it, and it crosses the threshold into like, no, people won't buy this, you know, it's not good. You might get ball speed, but you'll hate the sound. So the question we asked ourselves is, could you get all that ball speed and do something to the iron that improves the feel without taking anything away from the ball speed. And this is where we did a bunch of exploration and found that if we took a very soft urethane material and mixed into it thousands of microscopic hollow glass spheres, you produce a material that somewhat behaves like it's porous or a bit like a sponge even. Um, so if you inject that into the back of the head in the cavity behind the face, uh, that constrained volume in there, when the face deflects, the material also sort of collapses on itself. It doesn't provide any resistance to the deflection of the face, so the, the, the loss in ball speed is zero. But when the ball is left and the face wants to vibrate, that material is there and it creates a damping effect and reduces the duration of the sound, the loudness and the pitch and produces much better feel. So a bit of a tangential way of going about getting more ball speed really is to go and look for a material that would allow us uh, to damp out unwanted vibrations. Really, it's really there just to control the vibrations. Yes. In, in terms of the rest of the design of the club head, is that really just making a faster face cup? Yeah, we've got a thinner face with a different uh, thickness pattern in it, preferentially a little thicker in the center and much thinner at the edges, particularly heel and toe low on the face where people miss with irons. Another thing that we've done is try to uh, move the center of gravity to a point uh, directly behind the center of the face. And we've done that with uh, tungsten loaded material. So tungsten loaded steel that's made in a process called metal injection molding. First seen in our very expensive epic irons, um, expensive to make that is. Um, some of that technology now derived uh, from there put into uh, this rogue iron. So we've got an iron in the sort of middle part of the market in terms of price point that has much more technology in it than we've ever had before. Uh, obviously the face cup is improved, the face cup and a new body, uh, metal injection molded tungsten weights and the urethane microsphere all kind of working in harmony with one another to produce uh, great ball speed, great trajectory, great feel. Well, you mentioned the market there, because there's, there's three models, really. There's Rogue, Rogue Pro, Rogue X, yeah. and there's actually a, a lightweight version as well, isn't That's it? That's right. So where do they fit in your range and within the market? Because there's a whole bunch of models you've got in your range now. That's true. So the, the Rogue Standard Iron we see as being the center of the game improvement market. I think, uh, you know, we've been number one in iron sales for a little while now, and that has come to be the sort of definition of a game improvement iron. So that sort of anchors the whole line. One step to the better player side, you've got the Pro model with its um, thinner dimensions usually thinner top line, thinner sole width, shorter blade length, less offset. 
a lot, all the same technologies, but just in a, in a smaller, thinner, sl more slender package, usually suits the eye of a better player, a little bit more workable perhaps. On the other side of um, the game improvement iron is, is sort of a brand new idea though in Rogue X. And uh, it's a sort of iron that you've never seen before because it's got all of the technologies that are in the game improvement iron for the first time. But we put it in a slightly larger head. It gives us a bigger dimension in the face to back. So the CG is further back from the face. Um, all of that helps us uh, with launch angle. Um, but we've got uh, that new technology package in the head configured differently on a, a set of uh, heads that are stronger lofted unashamedly. They are lighter overall clubs, about 10 grams lighter, and they're on slightly longer shafts in certain parts of the bag. So we've taken this opportunity of all the new technology that's in the standard rogue iron and reconfigured it in a quite aggressive way uh, to produce an iron that is really unashamedly all about distance. Um, so if you want to hit irons particularly long, then rogue X gives you the best opportunity to do that and you know I'd encourage people to go and, and try try that out before they just look at the spec sheet and say oh this is strong lofted or it's long shafted or something like that go try for yourself because what we have seen is that although we've made the changes to loft and length and weight um, versus the standard iron the launch angles that people get are very similar to the standard model just that you now have less spin and more ball speed and that's a recipe for more distance. Does that not affect the gapping at the bottom of the set? I mean, I know you've got clubs which go right the way down to sandwich, is that right? Right. So we're not sort of moving the numbers around a little bit here? Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit you could think of that. We, and if we had just taken the regular game improvement club and, and shifted the numbers by one, then we'd say, yeah, it's a fair cop. That's all we did. But we didn't do that. We, we really studied the performance of each iron and we changed the shape of the head from the standard model in order to get other advantages. Truth is, though, yes, there is a new G wedge. Uh, there is a, another wedge in the set um, to give you the sort of gapping up at the, uh, the upper end there. And down at the, the other end, um, the Rogue X hybrid um, is also configured similarly. It's a, it's a larger headed hybrid with more MOI, um, slightly longer, lighter, um, slightly stronger lofted, and it uh, dovetails well into the, the other end of the set. So you've got the opportunity to have a really uh, different distance-oriented set of clubs. Great. Well, thank you for taking us through the full range. You're Good welcome. luck with it. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for watching. I'm going to give Harry a seat back, uh, but for more reviews on all the Callaway Rogue range, just check out the website at golfalot.com. And if you enjoy this podcast and the videos, please subscribe and drop some comments below.